0: Really, I regret how small this dress was, because I'm just thinking, well, the whole world is gonna see my titties if I stand up.
1: Jenny just sat there like Marilyn Monroe over there with her I mean Marilyn Manson. She looked like uh, Kat Von D with her black outfit on, No, you know, Kat Von Dutch, whatever her name is, pale as she like more like Morticia it.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup, Jersey Shore mini recap, and and just like that recap. So let's get into it. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Last week got very ooh, litigious, shall we say? <laughs> So we got to get into like all the lawsuits that are happening over there in Holly weird or whatever we want to call it. Maybe don't say that I called it Holly weird. I feel pretty corny about that. But anyway, um, so let's start with this NBC slash Bravo lawsuit. So it had been rumored, I guess that Bethany Frankel, you know her and well, you know her. Um, that she was behind it. And this is how we know that she more than likely is, because I don't think as of now, she's officially confirmed it for herself. Shockingly, she's usually got a lot to say. This is not one of those times, but on July 28th, Variety reported that Bethany had retained the services of Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos to help with her efforts Uh, because of all the, writers and actor strikes that have been going on recently, Bethany was like, Hey, I think there needs to be one for reality stars. It's been like, you know, just kind of bubbling under the surface for a little while, but yeah, officially, like last week, she retained the services of Brian Friedman and Mark Marigo- Garagos, who are like super high up Hollywood attorneys, right? Like AAA list, right? So that day, on July 28th, Mark Garagos said that something has to change because the current system is broken. And then Brian Friedman said that he's spoken to, at that point, more than 50 of reality stars. About how they were quote used and unfairly treated by networks and studios, so a couple days ago, this uh, report this uh, lawsuit civil lawsuit comes down to NBC Universal claiming that current and former cast and crew members of the reality shows that they produce have been tormented. It was a six page letter. Um, and we'll just go into like a little bit of it, shall we? Uh, this was written on August 3rd to Kimberly D. Harris Esquire, who is the executive vice president of Compa- Comcast Corporation and the general counsel of NBC Universal. Dear Kimberly, this firm, along with Mark Garagos, represents a significant number of individuals employed by or contracted with Bravo Media, E, and CNBC. Um, Assets owned and controlled by NBC Universal. Specifically, our clients are current and former cast members and crew members on some of NBC's most lucrative reality TV shows. As you know, NBC has a pattern and practice of grotesque and depraved mistreatment of the reality stars and crew members on whose account it coffers swell. These individuals have been mentally, physically, and financially victimized by NBC and threatened with ruin should they decide to speak out a about their mistreatment. As a result, the sordid and dark underbelly of NBC's widely consumed reality TV universe has remained under wraps for far too long. Please be advised that the day of reckoning has arrived. They really. Put their foot in that, didn't they? So it goes on to say, while our investigation is still ongoing, we have reason to believe that cast members and crew members on NBC reality TV shows have been subjected to disturbing mistreatment by NBC Universal and or its employees, contractors, or third-party affiliates. This includes, but is not limited to, deliberate attempts to manufacture mental instability by plying cast members with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, denying mental health treatment to cast members, displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration, go to sleep, go to sleep, hello, exploiting minors for uncompensated and sometimes long-term appearances on NBC reality TV shows, distributing or condoning the distribution of non-consensual pornography, covering up acts of sexual violence, and refusing to allow cast members the freedom to leave their shows even under dire circumstances. And then it goes on to say that like, yeah, you can counter that these people all signed contracts or whatever, but the other side of that is that there's been a lot of negligence happening. There's been a lot of like um, exceeding of the moral and legal limits permissible in a civilized society governed by the rule of law. So they were doing some dirty stuff that NBC Universal allegedly. So, what they're asking of NBC Universal is to hand over documents, uh, computers, files, anything that has to do with like, rest and meal breaks for example or alcohol consumption or um, the use of underage participants in connection with reality TV shows like the list goes it's not too long but I mean it's like two pages long basically but like basically they're like they want all sorts of communications having to do with anything happening to do with like all the dastardly deeds that they claimed (laughs) and um, they want it now so Hold tight on to as to when or like what is going to happen. I mean, I think we're all on the same page. The most interesting thing is we're gonna want to know who is going to publicly speak out about this, especially if they're currently contracted with NBC Universal, because that's not gonna be, uh, you know, it's gonna it's giving conflict of interest. Okay, so I'm very interested. Watch what happens. I want to see if. Andy says anything about it. I mean, I know that he's, like, we know that he's, like, a figurehead, right? Like, he's not the head of Bravo, but, like, he may as well be, right? It just sucks to be in the position to have to, like, because everybody's like, well, what what's Andy doing? Even though he, like, doesn't really have as much power as, like, a lot of people think that he does. But he has to say this shit because, well, that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know? The cookie has crumbled into, like, a very nice... Uh, you know, gorgeous two-story apartment in the West Village. So, like, I'm not really crying for Andy Cohen. I'm just saying it's, you know. All right, you guys. Let's get into another lawsuit. Um, one way more shocking, I think, to all of us than the last one I just spoke about. Lizzo. Girl. What is going on, Melissa? What is going on? So, out of nowhere, this lawsuit was filed by three of Lizzo's former dancers last week. They were alleging misconduct by her production company, which is Big Girl Touring Incorporated, her dance team uh, captain, Shirlene Quigley, and Lizzo at times. it's It's a little bit confusing because... Lizzo's not being accused of all of these things that were listed but like and not even all of these people are, are hopping I don't want to say hopping on the bandwagon but it's, what I'm trying to say is like there. it's not like there are three people who are doing these accusations they're not all three making the same accusations at the same time. Like two of them are saying one thing at one point, one person is alleging things at another point, if if that makes sense. Um, but again, Lizzo's not being blamed for everything. Um, but you know, again, this is what happens when you're the head, the HBIC, right? So, Part of these claims are saying that Lizzo pressured dancers... Let's get into, like, what she is being blamed for. The she pressured dancers into, like, unwanted sexual situations. Um, there were claims that Lizzo was making pretty gnarly, thinly-veiled comments about another dancer's, uh, weight gain and putting people in positions where they feel pressured, like their job is on the line, things of that nature. Now, a lot of people have been talking about, like, once more information came out, like, how this kind of, you know, it puts us in a very, this lawsuit is in a very precarious situation, because what you're saying, really, like, the main crux of it is, like, how they felt not necessarily specific. There were specific things done to them, but like there are a lot of things that they felt like pressure to behave or engage in certain acts because Lizzo may have favored those dancers. Like there was a part where they were saying like, Oh, she would have these after parties and they weren't mandatory, but the girls who went, were the ones who, like, kind of got under Lizzo's wing. So you sort of, like, felt that pressure to, like, be there and so, like, you could catch the eye of your boss or whatever. Like, these things where it's, like, it's, it's hard to litigate a feeling, I would imagine, you know, or how you felt. And that sucks. So one of these situations was that they were performing in... Amsterdam there was an after party where Lizzo went to like some kind of red light district situation there were new dancers there and Lizzo pressured the dancers to go to that performance right during these performances the dancers put uh, vaginas in their genitals and the audience members are encouraged to like eat the banana that is exposed and not inside that person's you know cavity. So, um, there were people pressured to do that and there Lizzo pressured her, or one of these people to, like, touch one of the dancers' breasts. Um, there was also allegations of religious harassment that this part has nothing to do with Lizzo, but it is interesting. These claims were against uh, Shirlene Quigley, the, um, head, uh, 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 choreographer at the time. So, they say that, like, basically she was, like, a Jesus freak in, in a weird way. And that she would, like, talk about her religious views a lot and would berate people who didn't share her Christian beliefs. And that there was also a lot of conversation, um, non-consensual conversation about one of the dancers still being a virgin. um, That they would have to do, you know, like... your your typical backstage prayer but it was like a christian prayer that they felt like they had to participate in regardless of you know their religious beliefs again and that basically they just like like i said again a lot of this is like talking about a feeling which does not deny or invalidate them but it does in the eyes of a lot of people and then there's another claim about Lizzo, who oh, good, to go back to Shirley and Quigley. So she actually posted a like in the hours after this lawsuit dropped. She posted an Instagram story that was like, "Oh, okay, um, I I don't know." She like indirectly addressed the claims about her like pressuring people into Christianity, and it was basically just like, "You know what, guys." I love Jesus, and I love my relationship to my Savior, and I'm just so fulfilled by him. And it was like, if if you didn't know that this was in a response to, like, people feeling intimidated and bullied by you, you'd be like, okay, well, that's fine. But to know that this is, like, in response, it's like, oh, that's very strange, ma'am. You're not helping yourself. So... Another claim that was made, an accusation that was made against Lizzo was from a person, a dancer, who said she had gained weight. Lizzo was making some, like, shady comments about her weight. This made her feel self-conscious. And, like, she had to speak out on the situation. So then there was, like, a surprise dance audition. Like, some of the girls had to... Essentially, like lip sync for their lives in order to retain their position on Liz- Lizzo's dance crew, right? And that she felt so much pressure to like be at the top of her game that she soiled herself out of fear that she would lose her spot as a as a dancer if she went to the bathroom. Now, to me, that doesn't s- seems like a worse. like I can understand but also like if you wet yourself that doesn't seem like a great alternative but then she says that she was given transparent shorts to change into after that so it's bad it's it's real bad um I will say that Lizzo did issue a statement on her Instagram story It is as follows. These last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous to not be addressed. Now, I think I might have to just put a pin in that for a second because a lot of people on Twitter, I'm not calling it the other thing, have found receipts um, from her very own song, Rumors, where she talks about people Wanting to sue her, and you know having to put out NDAs. Um, there was a radio interview that she did where they're talking about these sex shows, and she's like, "Oh, I like definitely want to go to that." I mean, people found stuff. People did. But we'll go on with this statement. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told that their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. As an artist, I've always been very passionate about what I do. I take my music and my performances seriously because at the end of the day, I only want to put out the best art that represents me and my fans. With passion comes hard work and high standards. Sometimes I have to make hard decisions, but it's never my intention to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like they aren't valued as an important part of the team. I am not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know that I'm not the villain that people in the media have portrayed me to be in these last few days. I'm very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something that I am not. There is nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. I know what it feels like to be body shamed on a daily basis and would absolutely never criticize or terminate an employee because of their weight. I'm hurt, but I will not let the good work I've, been done, I've done in the world to be overshadowed, overshadowed by this. I want to thank everyone who has reached out in support um, to lift me up during this difficult time. Now, y'all know, y'all know, the one thing about Miss Jamila Jamil is that she just, like, has to say something. She can't help herself. And then people are like, girl, what's wrong with you? And then she has to be like, hey guys, I'm trying to be nice. Like, how dare you? I, 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 you know, she's, it's, it's truly remarkable. So, under this Instagram story, or post rather, where most of these comments are people being like, oh, so you're victim blaming. That's interesting. Jamila decides to post one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hearts. Eight heart emojis. And then everybody's like, girl, what is wrong with you? (laughs) This literally has nothing to do with you. And she doesn't look great in this situation. So why? Why, why, why? So here comes Jamila. Stop flooding my DMs about Lizzo. Okay? Nobody knows what has actually happened. Due to the all-too-familiar pipeline of a woman especially a black woman, flying too high in the media and becoming more powerful than the media and being too comfortable in her own skin and then being dragged down and punished over claims before they are proven to be true, I don't think it's wise to start jumping into speculation. Okay, well, you didn't say any of that, ma'am. Uh, great, okay. And then the, the excuse of this accusation being used to justify abhorrent abuse about Lizzo's appearance is batshit crazy. Now, fair enough. Like, a lot of people were like, you know, just chomping at the bit to say, to call Lizzo, all manner of fat bitch, okay? And we know that, because they've been doing it. And it just, like, let the floodgates open for the people who, like, have been keeping it cute to finally be like, oh, she's a fat bitch, see? I, I knew it all along, I was right. And to which that, I would say, Jamila, that is fair. Nothing that she did, aside from the alleged fat shaving, which... You know, again, maybe eye for an eye is not fair, but I'm petty. So, like, you know, if you're going to go in on me, I'd be like, that's fair. But we don't know these things to be true. And it's not really the point. You know, like, it's not really the point to to fat shame Lizzo. Like, if she's a bad person, let's not be like, oh, well, and you're fat. Because that's not the point, you know. But then... She goes on to say, See, Meg the Stallion, Meghan Markle, Whitney, Janet, Mariah, all went through similar moments when doing too well. I have no idea what's going on, but I think the amount of media speculation has already gotten without evidence yet is deeply sus, as well as how excited everyone on social media seems to be about it. I hope everyone involved is okay, and I hope this all ends with peace and clarity. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> a great, great. I do suspect that Jamila maybe just Googled like black celebrity women who have been you know shamed in media and just like clicked image and was like oh yeah yeah I could think of those because why why did we Meghan Markle get in the list with Whitney and Janet I don't know I mean that's just what I think that's just what I think but Jamila just my thing is to, like just she doesn't have to say anything and yet she just does you know she just does. All right, you guys. I feel like I'm missing a story, but I didn't write it down. So I guess we'll just move on. With that, we're going to talk about the season premiere of Jersey Shore Family Vacation because this is the Sammy's return season. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I mean, I really don't have too much to say because I would say the first... Uh, Like, you know, this is what, like a 42-minute episode? I would say maybe the first 30 minutes were not, like, super necessary. But I will say the interesting thing about Jersey Shore Family Vacation that we could take away is the long-term effects of a group of people who are very closely connected to each other and associated with each other, you know, through image income that sort of thing like but they're also it's very clear that when the cameras are down which to be fair isn't often with Jersey Shore because they just like keep pumping out these family vacations um but it's interesting to see like these relationships of these people who don't they're not really friends like, they're clearly just, like, we're working. Like, some of them are friends. Like, Jenny and, and Snooky are friends. And, like, you know, Dina and all of that. But, like, and, and I think, like, Vinny and Polly, But for the most part, you, you can see that, like, a lot of these people are just, like, we're co-workers. But it, it's very interesting to see this, like, now we're 15 years into the Jersey Shore, whatever you want to call it. To see, like, how disjointed they are, but they're also like, we're family, but then they're also like, but I don't talk to you when we don't have a mic pack on, but it's like, we're so close, but I also don't know that you have a child, you know, (laughs) it's just very interesting, very interesting to watch, but... With that being said, I'll, I'll catch you up to kind of what where they are at this point, right? Angelina, to the surprise of nobody, is fighting with multiple people on the cast. This time, it's mostly the women. Um, I feel like probably nobody really likes Angelina because Angelina is a disaster. This is why she keeps getting engaged and married and divorced and engaged and, you know... it. it she can't really have friends with people at one point she's trying to explain why she's not talking to Dina Snooki or JWoww and I guess she initially was in a fight with Dina then at the reunion and we see flashbacks of this reunion and I like will not watch an MTV reunion unless it's they haven't been good in decades, so not worth my time. But in the flashbacks of these reunions, this is how we know that Angelina's unwell. She's wearing like a blue velvet um, dress and a headpiece. Like, <laughs> like a headpiece. Think like Princess Leia. Think like girl from the Never Ending Story. Like why she needed to wear a headpiece to a Jersey Shore family vacation reunion is beyond me. And that's how you know she's she's not well. She's There's something going on there. So she's like explaining, she's mad at Diener, whatever. Jenny, on the stage of the reunion, didn't say anything. And so she's mad at Jenny for not stay, saying anything. And then she's also mad at Snooky for something. And then she's telling her new fiance, but you know what? I'm not going to change who I am. Because, like, this is, like, if you don't like me, fuck you. And it's like, nobody likes you, though, Angelina. Like, maybe you should change. You know? I, I feel like we've gotten to a place where now everybody thinks that nothing is their responsibility. Like, if people don't want to talk to you, then that's their problem. You did nothing wrong. (laughs) And I feel like Angelina lives in a place of like, I am me, and if you don't like it, then you're bad, and I'm just going to continue being me. But that's only true if most people like you. If you're constantly fighting with people, you might want to answer the call that's coming from inside of your own home. You know, take a look in the mirror. But yet she's like, I'm absolutely not going to do that. Never, never once. Not me. Never going to happen. And that's scary. That's scary. So if y'all didn't know, Ronnie has been off the show for a good bit. He was on the first season of Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Sammy was not there. It was very clear why Sammy was not there, because she was like, I'm not gonna hang out with my abusive ex-boyfriend, but like, we just kept kind of dancing around that.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com.
0: moonpig.com
1: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: And then Ronnie just continued to spiral and spiral. And he and his baby mama would just fight and just be in these super abusive situations. And at one point, he was, like, tossed out of a car, dragged from his ex-girlfriend's car. Like, it's just a real mess, right? So Ronnie's been on um, pause for a little while and he is also like people aren't fucking with him the people on the cast don't want to talk to him sitch is really the only one it seems like now he's doing better he like we keep dancing around like what is going on but it seems like ronnie's saying i went to rehab this time it clicked i got my shit together i'm sober and i want to come back to the show so sitch is really the only person who is willing to talk to him So at the end of the episode, we have a situation. We really do. No pun intended. Because situation is, or what we're led to believe is that situation is like trying to coach Ronnie into like how to come back, how to do an apology tour with the rest of the cast. He comes over to Sitch's house with uh, the Cardi B and Offset meal from McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) to talk about, like, how, you know, people are going to come for you because they're very upset because you have a pattern of doing shit and fucking up over and over and over and over again and never taking responsibility. And we've all known each other 15 years now and it seems like you're only now doing this in the past few months. So you got a tough road ahead of you. And Ronnie's like, I get you. So he does not know. They don't know, because why would they, that Sammy is going to come back. Nobody knows this because nobody talks to Angelina. Angelina is the one who brings Sammy back. She, you know, I just randomly DM'd her and was like, hey, girl, let's talk. And, and Sammy just, like, responded just in time for the cameras, you know. Now, if you think Ronnie showing up with the McDonald's special is funny, I looked over at one point when Sammy uh, comes over to Angelina's house Angelina served her on a cutting board. <laughs> some uncrustables and um, some mini baby bell cheese. <laughs> God bless. So they're talking about like what happened. Sammy doesn't even know. Like this is what I'm saying. They're like, oh, we DM'd each other and we're gonna hang out. If you come over to my house. Sammy doesn't even know that Angelina's engaged again. She's like, do you live in this house alone? She's like, no, I have a fiancé. She's like, oh my god, congratulations. (laughs) Um, But then they're like sitting and talking about the situation. So Sammy is also not talking with any of the girls uh, for various reasons that don't sound great because Sammy starts off pretty strong like, hey, I just was like doing my thing when the reboot came back. I opened up a store. Um, on the boardwalk, and, you know, I've got this man, blah, blah, blah. Y'all know she had a podcast with Siggy Flicker? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, I think this was, like, before we really knew about Siggy, if you know what I mean. But then she starts to explain why she is not speaking to the rest of the ladies. Because she says you know, after the show, the first show got canceled, she and Dina were, like, really close, and then they just kind of stopped speaking. Like, no big reason or anything like that. But, then she says, like, she's not talking to Snooki, because initially, Sammy opened up a store on the boardwalk, and then Snooki opened one, I guess, shortly after Sammy did. Sammy felt some type of way about that, so she unfriended her, um, or unfollowed her on social media. But then she was like, oh, but I still love Nicole. So she's like, I don't really have an issue with her, but I did feel some type of way about this uh, store being open up at one point. Okay. She has issues with Jay Wow because Jenny found out that Sam commented on a post. I guess some influencer or known person posted about the Jersey Shore. Sammy commented like oh haha ha, ha. like love that thank you or whatever and Wow felt some type of way about that because i guess they all feel like they've been doing the work of the reboot and that sammy has been like trying to reap the benefits on social media or whatever on the nostalgia of the original show but like not wanting to participate in the current show and like she doesn't want to be involved in any of them so they're like well what's that about And I actually thought that this was kind of interesting. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, this might be why Sammy's now on the show. She might be like, one, first saw like, you can go on TikTok or whatever and do real nice um, when you, like, do voiceovers from the show or whatever. And everybody's like, oh, my God, love you, Sammy. Like, this is so great. Like, there's a real nostalgia for um, Jersey Shore and all these, like, 2000s reality shows on TikTok. So, I do think it was part of that and I do think Jay-Wow saw through that and was like, "No, bitch." Cuz Jay-Wow and I are birthday twins, and so I think she sees things and is like, hmm, Let's look at what what's underneath the surface of that. You are like truly benefiting from that, but like you're too good for this show, but you want to be like, "Oh, ha ha ha, let's like kiki and like talk about the good old days, but like you don't want to talk to any of us." Very interesting. And so maybe I feel like Sammy was probably like, well, you might have... I think something may have even subconsciously hit on that for Sammy. But then we find out that Dina, the one that she had maintained a friendship with, Dina noticed that Sammy unfollowed her on social media. So Sammy's trying to explain to Angelina that the reason why she unfollowed her was because... Not because of anything between them, but it was because the show was being rebooted. This was like around the time of season one of family reunion. And she didn't want to see anything. Nothing, no promo about the show, nothing about that. So she unfollowed them. But Dina says, what Sammy says is what Dina said in an interview, but we see it. And it's actually just an Instagram story that, or Instagram live that she did with uh, Nicole. Um, but Dina said, she unfollowed us all on Facebook but not on Instagram because she wanted to like keep it cute, right? Because sh- nobody's gonna notice that you unfollowed somebody on Facebook, but they'll all see it if it was on Instagram, right? So, they all have like fairly good reasons to feel some type of way about Sammy. Um, so Angelina hears all of this and is like, "Well, that's great. I think you should come. I'm not hearing a problem here. Let's let's do it, girl." <laughs> So usually, even though I pop in and out of uh, Jersey Shore, typically I haven't really watched it regularly since uh, Angelina had her first wedding, and she got really pissed off at JWoww um, for saying something very innocuous in a speech. Oh, also, she's mad at Wow for, now with her second engagement... <laughs> I think Jaywell made a comment that she did not like, and that's why she's mad at her. Even though, literally right after the engagement, as the guy is getting up, his his name is Vinny, by the way, as Vinny is getting up from uh, being on one knee, all the guys start yelling, didn't you just meet this guy? <laughs> Whatever Jenny said, it wasn't nearly as bad as that, but she's Angelina's mad at her, but not any of the guys for being like, oh, you don't even know him in the middle of his uh, engagement. So, yeah, interesting. But yeah, I'm going to be sat here and watching next episode. Sammy is going to be meeting them. Here's another thing about these storylines. This season of Family Vacation is happening because... Mike likes to um enter himself in a bunch of sweepstakes and that he just happened to on his very first prize win a trip for 10 to the Poconos. <laughs> this is a worse setup than in Atlanta this season, where Sheree's like, Girls, we have to go on a cast trip to Portugal because I have fibroids and my doctor said I need to relax and, and have a spa trip. <laughs> Instead of having actual surgery to remove the fibroids. God bless. Okay, with that you guys, let's talk about I'm Just like that.
1: Hello, we are they, them's cousin. That's their pronoun. Brad, this is Janet. And where are you doing? cousin cousins i
0: should say the two of us all right you guys let's get into and just like that whatever episode number this is (laughs) oh my god we're in loverville carrie and aiden are posted up in a hotel ordering breakfast because they're too busy having sex to go outside and breathe some air and touch grass or whatever they're like so into each other can't is this possible like do we talk about like you know, through the sands of time, doesn't our Two people in their 50s having just, like, a fuck-fest for days seems unrealistic. But whatever, whatever. We're living in a fantasy. We really, truly are. Aiden tells a story while he's on the phone with uh, room service about how he's got chickens at his house in Virginia and how his youngest son gets visited by one of them in his bed every morning. A story that, shockingly delights Carrie. She is truly delighted and wants to get to the bottom of the story. So he kind of mentions like, oh, you know, there's non-stop flights to Virginia a day from JFK. And she's like, yeah, done. Let's do it. And he's like, I would like you to be my boys. She's like, yeah, totally. I totally, totally get that. Apparently the news of her wanting to meet his children is Such a turn on to Aiden that he hangs up on room service and says, you know what? Fuck these $26 omelets. I'm we're going to get down again. Okay. God bless. So Carrie is all in by Teddy. She is so into this relationship. It's been like a month now that they're together. We're led to believe she starts Googling farmhouses in Norfolk, Virginia. More on that later. And then she has breakfast with the ladies, right? Seema Miranda and Charlotte she tells them about the chicken right they're all trying to figure out how does the chicken even get up the stairs to even get to that kid's bedroom but more on that and then Carrie mentions well when he comes back which is like a week and a half from now I'm gonna go to Virginia I'm gonna go back with him and how she talks about how the kids are 14 17 and 20 She he shares custody with his ex whatever blah 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 How is his son older than Brady? Isn't Brady like 19 at this point? But didn't Aiden have... Never mind. (laughs) Anyway, Carrie tells them about how she Googled vintage farmhouses and like, they're really cute. Like she's totally bought into this fantasy and she's like, listen, I was traumatized by that place upstate. So I had to like see what I was getting myself into, but I'm into it. Charlotte... Typical Charlotte fashion, gets all hot and bothered over Carrie and Aiden, moving fast, like, I'm with you, just do it if it feels right, why slow it down, keep going. And then Carrie invites all the girls to dinner with Aiden when he comes back. Seema is, like, kind of aloof, kind of like, yeah, I'll let you know, like, send me some dates, I'll I'll holler at you, right? Then we find out that Miranda got an internship at this human rights group. She's not going back into law the way she used to, and so, like, this is her foray into a new part. So, Miranda and Carrie go for a walk after breakfast, right? And Miranda's like, listen, can we talk about Aiden again? And Carrie says something that truly shocked me. She, I don't think I've ever heard her say it before. She goes, more than I just talked about him at lunch? I don't think that's possible. Now, six seasons where Homegirl held every brunch, lunch, cocktail hour, happy hour hostage so we could wax philosophical about Big or uh, Aiden or Burger or whoever the fuck, the Russian. But now, now we know that this might be a time to, to chill out. Okay, okay. But anyway, Miranda asks, aren't you worried Because of, you know, your past with Aiden. But Carrie's like, we're not in the past. We're very much in the present. And then she, like, really lays it down on her heavy, right? First she says, for the last couple weeks, I've been having orgasms like I've never had with anybody in my entire life ever, including Aiden, the first two times we were together. And then suddenly Miranda's like, well, that is interesting. (laughs) And seemingly that's all it takes to get Miranda on board. (laughs) And then Carrie says, listen, I kind of wonder if maybe I was always holding a little piece of myself back from Aiden because of Big. And I'm wondering, like, if this was always there and I just didn't want to accept that. And then she kind of stops herself and she's like, I don't know if I should say this, but um, I've kind of been asking myself, was Big a big mistake? Oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And that shut Miranda's red hat, red ass up. Did and she's like, I don't know what to say to that. Me either, girl. That's deep. Uh oh. I have to figure that one out, Carrie.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods. All at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues
0: Then we head back to the Upper East Side for Charlotte's Children's Hour, where she's telling the family that she got a job, and the kids are being assholes. They won't stop texting because they're Gen Alpha. I don't. What are they even called? Those I don't. Doesn't matter. They're assholes. But like, they're totally happy for their. Charlotte thinks this is gonna be a moment where like she and her kids are gonna have this like, oh my god, we're gonna miss you. But they're like, no, no, we're cool. We got it. You're not gonna be here as much. Great. See you, girl. Then Miranda starts her internships, right? She meets these two Gen Z interns who are like, girl, like they're vibing at first, right? Like giving her the tea. Our boss is going to give you a lot of grunt work at first. So here you go. And then Sloan, I think her name is, hands a third eaten cookie. She says it's a garlic chocolate chip cookie. Which is weird on its own But she's like do you want the rest of my cookie And Miranda's like no I'm good She's like no 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 this is a really good cookie Like we got it from downstairs I know it sounds weird but it's like really tasty I want you to have this cookie you'd be doing me a favor And so Miranda's like okay Bitch throw the cookie away I don't even know you We just we're not out Okay COVID cases are on the rise again Okay check it out I'm not I don't even know you ma'am Why do you want me to eat this cookie so bad? Like, that's weird. You bit out of it. A couple times, it appears. Just throw it away or, like, put it in the freezer for later. Why doesn't your friend want it? Like, that's weird. It's giving prank to me. No. So the boss comes out. She's heavily pregnant, and that will be something that comes up later. And she looks at Miranda and is like, Yo, I want you to take notes in this meeting. And the girls, you guys still need to do this grunt work. Uh, Chop, chop, let's get going, right? And so Miranda's, like, kind of horrified because she's like, shit, she just asked me to do something, like, they've never been asked to do before. And it's giving favoritism. So, back to, we have to include Che in every episode, I guess. So Carrie has to go visit Che at their vet job. And she proposes that because the... Aiden won't go back to Carrie's apartment. The cost of the hotel bills is rising and rising. And, Che, you're airbnb your place, so how about this? We're going to Airbnb your apartment while you're gone, or while Aiden's in town, and you can just stay at my place while we're there, and then we'll just do a swap when he's back in, out of town, back in Virginia, right? And they're like, okay, bet let's just get Anthony's storyline out of the way. It, it's like giving me a cluster headache to even have to talk about this. I feel like here's my truth. I find Mario Cantone to be like a little grating for me personally. Um, but I'm also like, y'all know I'm not like a Broadway girl. It's a very particular personality that I just like, you know, like I just, it's not for me. But with that being said, like Anthony could be having better storylines than this. So, like, Anthony's got his hot Fellas bakery, right? The bread has been popping off. He's got this weird, obsessed client who keeps wanting Giuseppe to uh, deliver that bread because she saw him in the Drew Barrymore show. And Anthony's, like, overwhelmed, right? So he gets pissed off because he figures out that Giuseppe, the big-dicked Italian poet, is gay. And this whole time, he's been thinking that this man is straight, but him being a homosexual, and there even being a chance in hell that they could be together, it's just like a bridge too far for Anthony. And so he tries to fire him. (laughs) And Giuseppe's like, is it because I just came out to you? And he's like, no, you came in late, a minute late yesterday, and two minutes early today, I can't handle that. So he's like, okay... But then he, like, doesn't, he backtracks and is like, you're not fired. You're on probation. And so, like, the whole episode, he's just, like, flipping out about Giuseppe. And then Giuseppe basically is like, yo, I'm into you, so I'll just quit and, like, stuff you with my sausage and we can have, like, some sort of ethical relationship with one another. And I just, like, okay. (laughs) How old is Giuseppe? Giuseppe seems like he's at least less than half of, of Anthony's age and I just like why why couldn't he just like fall in love with literally anybody else I don't care about Giuseppe <laughs> this is such like a flop character like oh he's a, an Italian sensitive poet with soft pillowy lips and a big old dick oh great <laughs> that don't impress me much I don't know also, it turns Anthony into this like blubbering idiot. Like, oh my god, just happy. <laughs> like, how, grow up. <laughs> That's not my Anthony. I just feel like it's turning him. Like, it's giving like Miranda and now. Like, just a, an idiot. Who like we don't know who this person is now. And it's like at your big age for you to be falling to pieces. Like, how many big dick Italians have we met in our in our life? Dozens thousands! And actually, while we're at it, let's just get rid of Charlotte's storyline, too. (laughs) We have no nigh this episode. We do get a little bit of Lisa, because Charlotte goes shopping with Lisa for her new job, right? She's like, I'm going back to the uh, gallery life, and I'm going to be a gallery girl. I want to... Do my same uniform that I was wearing back in 1997. So they're shopping. She finds this, like, cute little typical cutesy, uh, maybe she's born with it, maybe she's a Republican outfit, pencil skirt, you know, the whole thing, and a little little pink, uh, tiny little belt that goes around the waist. She's, like, feeling uncomfortable about her body and how the belt keeps riding up over her stomach and and the shop girl who's helping them. Is, are we supposed to say shop girl? Probably not. Anyway, um, tries to help by giving her, like, two black billowy outfits from, like, Adele's first year at being a celebrity. And Charlotte's like, no, no, no. No, 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 Like, it just really vacillates between Charlotte having, like, a crisis of conscience, of, of, like, being self-conscious and wanting to lose weight, and she goes on this bone broth diet, but then also, like, in the moment when she's faced with, like, you should feel self-conscious, she, like, totally gives, like, the... F you to the situation but then she like goes back to being insecure so she's like telling that girl to like fuck off and then the girl's like what did I do wrong to Lisa and Lisa's like you're 25 like you don't get it now but like you'll get it when you're older which is like okay <laughs> great <laughs> so Charlotte tries and tries and tries to lose weight and it basically goes nowhere and then she goes on the first day <laughs> this was wild this was so wild. She shows up to her job on the first day and she meets these two girls and then her boss comes down the stairs and she's like a bigger girl, right? Like she's a bigger girl and she's very confident and like says hi to Charlotte and talks about how much she loves people named Charlotte because she loves Charlotte Webb as a kid. And I guess we're supposed to believe that Charlotte sees how confident this girl who's bigger than her is, this woman how confident and happy she is and so Charlotte who put on three pairs of Spanx before she left the house could barely breathe and she goes into the bathroom and takes the Spanx off in like a fit of feminism and fashion but then like throws them in the trash can but then you know like takes the top one and takes it out of the trash and takes it back and it's like okay (laughs) what are we doing here Like, I don't know how else I was supposed to interpret that scene other than the way to feel good about you being fat is to see somebody fatter than you (laughs) smiling, having the nerve to be happy in public, and then you're like, you know what? I can do that. I can do that too. (laughs) Like, what was that? Was there something that I missed? And then she puts the belt back on, and it, she looks in the mirror, and it's like she's even thinner than she was in the beginning of the episode, so I... I, I, I. <laughs> Let's see, and this is why I wanted to move on. This is why I wanted to move on. Back to Carrie. Back to Carrie and Aiden. So, they're, like, moving into Jay's apartment. They're trying to make a dinner or whatever, but, first of all, Jay tells them, my building's being really weird about the Airbnbs, so... You know, keep it cute, right? Aiden, this is how we're supposed to know that he's still so innocent and pure. He's such a good boy that they run into the neighbor, somebody down the hall, and it, as they're getting out of the elevator and Aiden like cl- clamors up and is like oh um, we're Brad and Janet for, and and we're cousins with Che and this is why we're here and we're gonna so, so like he, he freaks out and then they go and like try to make dinner like I said and they realize that they can't because Che has nothing <laughs> now they're opening these uh, cabinets and there's not a dish, a cup, a plate. But what they're complaining about is the fact that there's not a pepper mill. Aiden is like, there is no, you cannot have a home without a pepper mill. We, this will not do. And then Carrie realizes that they don't have enough um, hangers because all she thinks about is clothes. She is fashion. Ken is beach. Carrie fashion. And so they immediately are like, let's go to like Williams-Sonoma or whatever and drop thousands of dollars on somebody else's apartment and the pepper mill and all this stuff. So that we can, like, live our best fantasy. And they get so horny all up in that Williams-Sonoma, just, like, nesting with each other. And Carrie's like, oh my god, Aiden, are we high on housewares? She's punning. Like, this is very classic, squealing, classic Carrie Bradshaw having the time of her goddamn life with this man down to the Williams-Sonoma. So then she texts Seema about, um, hey, I've been trying to get in touch with you about... Dinner, it's this night, this time, hit me back, girl. Which leads us back to Seema being very uncomfortable with um, Aiden and Carrie's new relationship. Oh, Seema also has this dumb storyline where we're, like, introduced to this obvious new man, love interest that she's about to have, whack, she's at work and her employee or coworker who we've never seen boss, I don't know, somebody with a suit that Alan Cumming wore in the traders, um, to come into her office and be like, Hey, I know that you only do, um, sales, not rentals, but uh, I have a deal for you. Somebody is looking for a nine month rental. He, um, something works in Marvel somehow, and I'm going to sweeten the deal for you. And so this guy comes in and he looks like, I guess, not Taika Waititi and I guess he's supposed to be hot he wasn't he had an ascot on I think and looked like he just came from a safari and he was like oh excuse me um I need to take this call because it's coming from London and it's very late they're about to go to bed um hi mate like it was so corny but anyway the deal is the sweetening of the deal is that he's straight and single And Zima's like, I'm sorry, that's not a great deal. I don't want to deal with a straight opinionated man. That's like the worst thing ever. And he's like, girlfriend, he's single and he's straight and just like goes out of the the office. What was that? (laughs) What was that? So later, Seema's getting her hair done because that's literally like the only thing she ha- they have her do. She's talking to Carrie. She's getting her hair done, her hair blown out, or she's at work. And so Carrie's er, Carrie's also there. Literally, they're getting their hair washed right next to each other, S- but they have like you know like dividers, right? Seema notices Carrie. Tries to escape, and then Carrie sees her and is like, Yo, 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 um, why are you not talking to me, bitch? And so then Seema's like, Okay, I need a cigarette for this conversation. So they go outside, and Seema's like, Hey girl, remember that we were gonna get a place in the Hamptons? And Carrie's like, Oh, damn, about that, you're right, I did forget, I'm too busy with my man, right? And so Seema's like, Listen, I got our deposit back. I'm not trying to do this. It's just going to be weird. Like, I can do it. I just don't want to be the third wheel. And then it sort of is like, kind of, I don't want to be the third wheel. But then she goes into this speech about how, like, Carrie, it sounds like you've had two great loves in your life, and I've not had any. And, like, I could do this, but, like, I just, like, that's not how I want to spend my summer. I'm not trying to spend a bunch of money (laughs) to hang out with you and your man. So Carrie's like, um, you maybe could have talked to me before you, uh, you know, got the refund on our deposit, and I'm not really, like, I'm not giving you space, girl. Like, I don't understand what's happening. I want to be your friend. Like, don't just pull away with me and act like you don't see me at a salon, girl. Like, that's crazy. And so Seema's like, I hear you. We will be fine, but I do need space from you. Goodbye. (laughs) And so that was wild. That was really wild. Um. So back to Miranda. She is trying to be friends with those interns, but they're like clearly mad at her because she's like going leaps and bounds ahead of them very quickly, right? So they start, they have lunch together. Their girls are texting each other clearly about Miranda while they're at lunch. Miranda calls them out for it. And they're like, no, 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 we didn't. But clearly then they do. And then one night, she, before leaving for work, is like, oh, I was going through these files, and I noticed uh, you forgot one of these things, but, like, I'm happy to put it in for you. And then they just, like, snap at her. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're just, like, so perfect, aren't you, Miranda? And so Miranda goes, um, I'm actually a sexually confused alcoholic in the middle of a divorce. And they're like, wow. Bye. <laughs> like, they so weird about it and then the boss tells her hey girl I'm about to go on maternity leave a lot earlier than I thought I want you to take my place in the meantime and Miranda has this like crisis of conscience and is like I don't know it's just like I'm feeling very privileged in this moment why am I getting to do things that um you know the girls who have been working here for longer don't get to do and the girl has to look at her and be like Um, you have 30 years of lawyer experience and you graduated top of your class at Harvard Law. So that's why. Get over it girl. (laughs) Thank you for recognizing your privilege however this is literally just like on paper you clearly have decades more experience than these two that cannot um, be the head of a human rights uh, firm. No thank you. I'm going to take the one with all the experience older than them. (laughs) It just makes sense. Shay goes over to their apartment because they got a call from, like, the leasing department because they're like, um, yo, your neighbors are saying that somebody's being weird as fuck and claiming that they're your cousins. So she goes, sorry, they go to check in on Carrie and, um, Aiden. They're, like, still cooking They got their Le Creuset, they have an espresso, they got a $47 garlic press. Like, they truly spent thousands of dollars on Che's apartment. (laughs) But good on Che, good for you. So Che's, like, seeing them, like, they're making chili, they're flirting, they're drinking beer, they're having the gay old time. And Che's like, hey, I'm gonna burst the bubble of this situation. I know we're all giggling and having great chemistry, but, um, quick question... Why didn't this work out the first time? And then suddenly we're in like a very like Tennessee Williams style play where Carrie just like goes this long thousand-yard stare and goes, I made a mistake. And Aiden grabs her and they're just like just holding each other and he's like caressing her hair and and she's holding on to him so tight. And they're, like, having this really insular moment. And Che's just sitting there with the beer, like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) And it's just a very abrupt situation. So the episode ends with the dinner. Aiden's going to dinner. Obviously, he already knows uh, Charlotte and Miranda. So they're, like, having a great time. Chit chatting and key keying with one another and Sema ends up showing up because Charlotte's like oh my god didn't you say that Seema wasn't showing up did this not happen on Sex in the city when Carrie was dating big and she invited him and she was like oh my god um, this was gonna be like the moment where the relationship got real because she was gonna meet he was gonna meet her friends for the first time and then he was like oh I'm gonna do something else but then he shows up late And, like, saves the day, and then their relationship is, like, good for another episode and a half. Do you guys not remember that? It was giving. But anyway, I enjoyed the episode, I will say. I did. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would greatly so so greatly appreciate that thank you to all of you who have already um we'll talk to you later this week with uh roni